if we are able to give blood, we do that. It's a sacrifice for for love, for care for others. And this the time is now more than ever that we've all heard that need, that we need to come out of our shells and give what we can. Hi, I'm John Yeager and this is Bloodworks 101, the Anthem Award-winning podcast brought to you by your friends here at Bloodworks Northwest, designed to educate or inspire you to donate either time, money, or blood. The voice you heard at the top of the show there belongs to Debbie Friend Wilson, the wellness director at the Lake House Restaurant in Bellevue. Debbie and her husband, Chef Jason Wilson, own the restaurant. Jason is a James Beard award-winning chef. That's the gold standard for culinary excellence. In 2010, Jason won the prestigious award for his work at Crush, the restaurant he ran in Seattle from 2005 to 2015. You've no doubt heard of the James Beard Awards. They're given to chefs, authors, and hospitality professionals. They're given annually. Voting is done by past winners, journalists, foundation members. Every year, there's a handful of semifinalists between 8 and 16, with three to four finalists being chosen and one receiving the award in New York City. What does an award-winning chef and his wife have to do with blood donation? You're about to find out. This month, Bloodworks Northwest is reaching out to Seattle's culinary community and launching the Save a Life, Save a Life campaign in response to our region's blood emergency. The goal is to secure 10,000 new and re-engaged donors by the end of June. Where does the lake house fit into that? Well, now that's where this story starts, but wait till you hear why meeting a goal like this is so important to Jason and Debbie. know about you, but my first job in high school was as a busboy at a local Italian restaurant in Milwaukee where I grew up. A lot of people got their first job that way, bussing tables. I remember how busy it was, but I also remember the yelling. Waiters yelling at chefs, chefs yelling at waiters, waiters yelling at busboys, and busboys yelling at, well, you get the idea. Restaurants can be pressure cookers. Food has to be good. At the best places, way more than just good. But the really good restaurants need that something special, especially now that many of us are going out again as the pandemic hopefully begins to loosen its grip. It's been a tough two years for restaurants. When you hear my interview with Jason and Debbie, you'll know why we're so eager to be partners with them for this campaign. I spoke to them at the Lake House a little while back. When you have a chef like Jason Wilson in the kitchen, it's going to be special, but there's more. What makes uh, Lake House special, in your opinion? I mean, I, I would say first, it's it's what we offer. It's the people that offer it, and it's where we are. So it's the the setting here. It's our food and and beverage, and then the team that serves it. I think the the Lake House is really it was designed to be a retreat and an escape for people. So I think that what's special about it is that the space invites that. The people who work here have that kind of attitude. And the food here is very much about wellness, surprise, creativity, um, farm to table, healthy. So it's, it's really a, a celebration for um, all of the senses. How would you describe the atmosphere here? You know, this is, was inspired by this idea of a Pacific Northwest farmhouse. Um, so we have this 
reverence to what is classic and what is old and original and then what is brought in to be a little bit modern as well. Um, you know, it's a very familiar, it's a very, um, I guess, accommodating, but ultimately very comfortable place to be. And it sounds like a comfortable place to celebrate birthdays. It is. There's a couple here today. It's really fun. I would say it's also a place that really fosters connection. And I say this looking at tables here, you know, building memories, people who are excited to come out again and sit around a table and, and, and rediscover themselves, rediscover each other, and, and rediscover a, a relationship, whether it's sitting on one side of the room and connecting to the other side of the room through the floor plan here, or if it's just connecting back to um, the food and where it's from and what country it's from and where what time of year it is. It's a really, it fosters connection here and I think we're really proud of that. Jason and Deborah say that in-house wellness is important. So they brought in an in-house wellness director to prioritize mental health and to promote a safe and sustainable work environment. That's Debbie's job. So how does blood donation fit into all of this? Uh, I think naturally it's, it's really about responsibility to those in our community and a wellness director in the program is a responsibility to the people on our team and ultimately to the betterment of our business. Um, you know, blood donation is social responsibility at, at its core. I think that one of the mindsets that we all got familiar with through the pandemic is one of scarcity. I think that the pandemic introduced a lot of fear and urgency and loss and change to so many people and therefore people started working and living and relating in a very emotionally scarce mindset. And as that relates to blood donation, scarcity in that case can mean death, quite literally. Tell me about your involvement, um, well, I guess in a personal way, why are you a blood donor? You, you've got an appointment coming up. Yeah, and I, I have an appointment coming up and I've donated blood in the past, um, both here in Seattle and San Francisco. Um, I had a heart, I had a heart uh, procedure, gosh now, 15, 16 years ago. I was born with a hole in my heart with a ASD, an atrial septal defect. So it's the, it was a hole between the top two chambers and blood would recirculate and the, uh, the risk there is stroke. So <clears throat> my doctors at a young age took a, uh, took a, a picture of it and said, this will go away. Many years later, I'm 33, I think it was, and I was opening Crush, my first restaurant, and I said, let me get a, a physical. Um, one physical led to another trip to the cardiologist, led to some in-depth photos and x-rays and so on and uh, and testing and so turned out I had atrial septal defect um, a fairly large one and a very angled one so we went in um, after opening the restaurant uh, met with a cardiologist that's its own special story and um, and uh, we did the the first procedure because of the angle of the defect, so if you imagine that hole had an angle to it, um, they set off my heart into AFib, and so it went from 100 and, I think it was 110 beats a, a minute to 186 in about three seconds. So all of the sedation I was on, that was gone. And the, you know, the, so went through that, uh, the catheters in for 12 hours, real painful procedure. Um, 
but we revisited it three months later in about two and a half hours of the similar thing with a different deployment they fixed uh, the defect and it's a pretty fascinating device they use both of those procedures um, you know no I, I knew this at the same time there was an opportunity for it to fail and there was an opportunity for the closure to fail and if the closure failed um, I had to go right to the OR to the operating room so at the same time they were doing my procedure they held a live operating room with back up four, um, four bags of blood. They had all of the, the procedure ready to go, all set out. So to prepare for a cath lab, they had to prepare a, an OR as well. And both times I went and they said, okay, this doesn't work. You're going right to the other room because we have to fix this. So yeah, um, here I am 15, 16 years later and you know, loving life and being very active and all that. But I look at it like, you know, Definitely part of social responsibility, but definitely it affects more people's lives than we would know. Blood donation has truly helped to save my life, and I've seen it save the lives of others. I received blood when I delivered my first child, and it just really, as I think about that in hindsight, we can't plan when or why or how that need for blood is going to come up. But if it's not there available, we run the risk of significant harm and loss in our society. And the, and the real deal is it's not necessary. We can all step up and integrate and come together to help one another and keep us healthy. I'm looking at the national blood emergency that the Red Cross declared. And now for a lot of reporters, the people that I deal with in my job, but also for a lot of donors, it's on their radar for the first time in a while because it's a national blood emergency. I mean, this campaign couldn't come at a better time. Why now? I mean, I think why now answers the, the most impe impending question of the, of the need. And there, it's very true that we haven't heard about this for a while. I mean, I think all the past two, two plus years, all we've heard about is the, the, the crazy pandemic, the, the things that have happened to have upheaval in our lives. And this is the time for this is now. I'm thinking of the notion that we give what we can and we take what we need. I think that in the pandemic in the last few years, we've really gone back to basics in terms of knowing the, the important resources that we all need to survive and to thrive. and and feeling that responsibility to do something and give. So if we are able to give blood, we do that. It's a sacrifice for, for love, for care for others. And this, the time is now more than ever that we've all heard that need, that we need to come out of our shells and give what we can. Then we started talking cooking shows, you know, where chefs like Gordon Ramsay scream at restaurant staff and restaurant owners. If you watch shows like Hell's Kitchen, MasterChef, Gordon Ramsay's 24 Hours to Hell and Back, you know the guy. The meat is stinking. You right now are a walking liability. You're costing this restaurant thousands. Do you have any standards? Who cleans this? Your kitchen's a war zone. Oh my God, look at that. What's wrong with you? 
they scream in the kitchen. They use those for the promos that you know about him dressing down somebody. Yeah. And that, for a long time, for a lot of people, has been the restaurant business, at least when it's in the kitchen. And it sounds like you guys are addressing that, right? Systematically. Systematically, we address this. It's, you know, it, it hurts um, having having seen what I think what is promoted through those shows that it's a degradation of, of a team member or that it's you know putting someone down, making someone, you know, ridiculing them, that that is how the show is sold as that's excitement for people and they see that it could be what the life was like in the kitchen. The most disgusting kitchen ever. You know, I think we've I, I'm I'm not perfect by any means and and you know have had my share of growing up in that level of industry or the industry when it was like that um, it's changed thus I've changed too and kind of grown with the profession what we address here and the way we we work here is is ultimately about you know having the the respect of each other about having the ultimate respect for our guests and the food that we work with and and recognizing that we're not out saving lives you know we're here talking about Bloodworks Northwest and the 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 campaign to um, to raise more awareness around the need for blood. That's saving lives. So and I think about it in, in this contrast of, you know, here we are chefs thinking that we're making this wonderful food that's going to take care of our ego and, you know, make us as popular as Gordon has been. And so as a result, we get to treat others poorly. Um, I would think that, you know, in, in reflection, we're saving lives by donating blood. Maybe we should get heated up about that versus, you know, hamburgers and, and fancy pasta. I then asked Jason, what's harder to do, win a James Beard Award? Remember, there's only one given out each year. What's harder to do, win a James Beard Award? Or run a restaurant during a pandemic? <laughs> uh, it's, it's such a difficult question to address that um, without saying that the James Beard Award is definitely a an outward-facing um, challenge or achievement and surviving the pandemic uh, and running a restaurant through it um, is both internal and external. Um, you know, for the longest time, I've, I've been in this you know, state of optimism and so forth and pandemic hits and we watch what we've built and what we've grown and, and our a lot of my confidence and a lot of my abilities and, and identity and who I am, the rug and the floor was just pulled right out. So, you know, there it, it's really, it's dealing with, you know, a sense of scarcity, with an unknowing, with, a, with the obligations that we have. All of those things uh, become an internal struggle as well. So I think it's two, um, I think it's two challenges and I feel fortunate and grateful that I'm able to do both. Winning a James Beard Award, having not won one myself, <laughs> is an external validation of an achievement, and it feels good. It's a title, and we love. And, and Jason is it earned it, and it's impressive, and it's an external thing. What we learned in the pandemic was the real work is digging deep in hard times. I think the pandemic and hardship introduces us to ourselves. It's sort of the feeling of who are we really inside 
and how do we rise through challenge and where is our resilience and what is resilience? Um, so I would never, I, I couldn't never make that comparison with what's, what's harder or whatever, but I do know that the, the deep digging that's been involved through the pandemic and face-to-face -face with industry ruin that nobody saw coming um, really was an exercise in humility and leadership. The Lake House is a warm, inviting, you know, Pacific Northwest inspired by design um, farmhouse. And for me, it's got a little bit of old, a little bit of new, but it's a restorative place. The Lake House is all about innovation and Jason's career has largely been about innovation in food. I think now it's time to really look at the industry in terms of innovation from a human perspective and how can we make the industry more sustainable in terms of the people. So we talked before about the Gordon Ramsay phenomenon and the spectacle of the chef shouting and what have you. We've learned that the issue really is in education. We have intensive training programs here where we actively talk to everyone on our team about boundaries, about active listening, about how to deal with burnout, about substance use and therefore and multicultural issues we have whole seminars about bias and diversity so that we can understand the language that we speak the emotional literacy that's going on here and i you you know change takes time and we learn from what we see not from what we hear so if we have a restaurant here that even in a few generations, if we have a young person working here and goes on to make their own restaurant one day later, after we're gone maybe even, they know that there's a better way to lead and to listen and to inform and treat each other. And frankly, it's for the sake of restaurants in general. Everybody wants to be able to come out to a nice place to eat. We need these restaurants to be a functional integrated environment that is culturally sound and humble and skilled in basic leadership and we're it's a it's a lonely road sometimes but we're really working hard to innovate and elevate the people that make this restaurant possible and here i thought this was just a place to eat <laughs> it's <laughs> we're so excited to have you guys at this this campaign i mean it's just it's a real honor to have you as partners and I think we're going to do great things. I think the 10,000 new donors is, is going to be done. I think we're going to do it. I think it's amazing to be part of this coalition of people in the restaurant industry and the food scene in Seattle. One thing we learned, boy did we come together as an organiz as a group, as an industry during the pandemic. We need each other. We are more connected peer to peer than ever and it's really exciting to take those newfound and new re-energized relationships into programs like Save a Life, Save a Life and really, really make something good happen together, locking arms as a community to, to help people learn more about donating blood. Thanks you guys. Thanks so much. The Save a Life, Save a Life campaign includes restaurants and local stars like The Lake House, Cafe Juanita, Misha, The Cricket Club, Ethan Stoll Restaurants, The Intentionalist, Brandy Carlisle's Wine, XOBC Cellars, Ben's Bread, Dry Botanical Bubbly, Savor Seattle, Domo Collective, Terra Plata, and finally, the Pike Place Market.
One last thing. Throughout this campaign, if you donate blood, you'll have a chance to win a one-of-a-kind culinary experience. More about that soon. The Save Her Life, Save a Life campaign goes until June. Well, that's just about it for this edition of Bloodworks 101. I'm your host, John Yeager. See you next time.